You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Riders, your humble host on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, June 15th, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy and i would like to remind you that the ocho is presented to you by our friends at righteous felon craft jerky the jerky that helps fuel our dallas cowboys that is correct righteous felon jerky and biltong are available for cowboys players at the ford center training facility each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein biltong 32 and each meat stick appropriately has ocho grams of protein if it's good enough for the cowboys it has got to be good enough for you as well righteous felon uses locally sourced all-natural black angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Head to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. That is RighteousFelon.com, discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. I told you the date, and I've been telling you for a while, that the summer break is a quiet one if you're an NFL fan, right? Quiet time right now uh, for most professional sports leagues in the United States. I know we have a lot of international listeners, but um, the NBA Finals wrapped up this week. Stanley Cup Finals wrapped up this week. Um, you know, baseball's going on. I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday at about 1.30 uh, Central Standard Time. And so I uh, have not seen tonight's games, but Tuesday was just an awesome night for the Astros with uh, the big win, the Rangers losing, the Rays losing. Awesome night for the A's fans. Um, but whatever. So we'll see. Hopefully when you're listening to this on Thursday or if you're listening to it later, the Astros continue to um, shorten the lead that the Rangers have in the AL West. Uh, but so you've got baseball going on. F1's back this weekend with the Canadian Grand Prix. U.S. Open's happening. So you got those things happening. But it is really, really, really quiet on the NFL front. Now, this week featured um, the remaining minicamps for teams. Obviously, uh, the Cowboys partook in their minicamp last week. Um, and so, really, for about six weeks, it's going to be a little bit of this, you know, way. Um, and so, this time allows for us to think um, and us to kind of turn our brains off. Um, you know, when I when I go for a run or, or I drive, not all the time, but, you know, sometimes, you know, your mind kind of wanders. I think everybody, you know, experiences that to some degree. It just kind of lets your, your brain unwind, I guess. And, and that's that's what this is. It's sort of like an audio version of my brain unwinding as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys. And so today I have three things. Uh, you can call it three things I think, three thoughts I have, whatever. I'm going to write about this as well. So make sure to check out blogontheboys.com um, either on uh, on Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. We'll see exactly when it goes out. But uh, three three things that are, are kind of moving and matriculating in my, uh, in my head, in my brain. And the first one, let's just go ahead and start, right? You know, why not? Um, 
this season is only going to go one of two ways. That's what I have written down here. I wrote these down, a lesson I learned from the NFC East mixtape this week, if you listened to our episode. But, and if I'm being honest, I hate statements like this. Um, so I hate myself. Uh, but it's it does sound silly to say, you know, it's going to go one of two ways. Because it could go a million different ways. I guess what I'm getting at, what I've been thinking about lately, is you know, call it pressure or, you know, whatever hot seat. I mean, this does feel like an important season for the Cowboys, right? Um, they're looking to be a playoff team for the third year in a row for the first time in a long time. Does anybody in the class know how long it has been since the Cowboys were a playoff team in three consecutive years? We talked a lot, obviously, throughout the season and when the Cowboys clinched a playoff berth um, about how they were a playoff team in back-to-back years for the first time since 2006 and 2007. In fact, the Cowboys won at least 10 games in back-to-back years for the first time uh, since 1995 and 1996 because that 2006 season, they went 9-7. and seven. Uh, They were a wild-card team, but they didn't win double-digit games. So it had been a long time. You, you all remember that, um, unless you're new around here. And if you are, hey, welcome. Please do subscribe to the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network uh, wherever you get your podcasts and check out blogontheboys.com. Um, I'll answer the question. It has been 27 years. It was 1994, 1995, and 1996, the last time that the Cowboys were a playoff team in back-to-back-to-back seasons. That obviously um, includes the Super Bowl win in Super Bowl 30, the 1995 season. Um, and so the Cowboys are looking to accomplish that. And if they were to win double-digit games, it's the same thing, by the way. 94 through 96 was the last time Cowboys won 12 games in both 94, 95, and 10 in 96, um, the year after they won the Super Bowl when they lost in the divisional round. They've obviously been experiencing their Super Bowl drought ever since. And so you do kind of feel the weight of that, right? Um, you do feel the weight, if you want to call it, of the NFC being wide open. Um, and I think to some degree, there's a weight of it being the fourth year of Mike McCarthy. Now, now, I don't think it's fair uh, to, um, to to place the the sins of the past on Mike McCarthy, but that's just kind of the nature of the game, right? Like whoever you are, whatever team you take over, you know, the, the fans have been waiting. The fans have been waiting. We have been waiting, right? You know, if you take over, um, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, if you look at the Denver Nuggets this week, right? Like, whoever, you know, whoever you are, whatever arbitrary person you are, that franchise had never won an NBA championship. And so you're carrying that weight, whether or not it's your first head coaching gig or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's fair and it's unfair. That's just kind of the way sports go. And so while Mike McCarthy isn't, you know, solely responsible for the Super Bowl drought over the last 30 years, uh, again, approximating here, um, he is somebody who people kind of hold responsible for it to some degree. Now, I do think it's important that Mike McCarthy is entering his fourth year because that means if he were to survive the year, so to speak, that's an intense word to use, but you get my point. But if he were to survive the year, he would enter a fifth year with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we all understand that Jimmy Johnson is a unique thing as it relates to the Cowboys. Um, It's super unfortunate that he's not in the ring of honor. I don't have the words to honestly say it again, you know, the way we've said it every year forever now. Uh, We did talk about it last week on our roundtable. By the way, we did not have a roundtable this week. Apologies. We will be back next week. But um, if if we understand that Jimmy Johnson is is an outlier of sorts, Jimmy coached five seasons for the Cowboys. And I, I start with Jimmy because if we look at the Jones ownership, does anybody know How many non-Jimmy coaches? Again, acknowledging that was a unique situation. So we're we're starting with Barry Switzer in 1994 here. How many non-Jimmy Johnson coaches with the Dallas Cowboys have made it to at least a fifth year, which is what Mike McCarthy would accomplish, right, if he were to make it past the 2023 season into 2024, which would 
probably be difficult if the Cowboys did not have success in 2023, right? You get my point. Does anybody know how many coaches have made it to at least a fifth year with this team that were not Jimmy Johnson? I will give you the answer. It is one, and it is Jason Garrett. He's the only one, and he kind of like Jimmy is an outlier of sorts because he was this chosen son, this favorite son of the organization, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Barry Switzer, four seasons, Chan Gailey, two seasons, Dave Campo, three seasons, Bill Parcells, kind of a unique thing because he retired, uh, but only made it four seasons. Wade Phillips was fired in his fourth season and Jason Garrett obviously took over, which led to Mike McCarthy. And so this is not a, an ownership that has had a lot of patience is, is my point, except for with somebody who they consider to be kind of a favorite son in Jason Garrett. And so if this season does not go well for Mike McCarthy, right? If this season does go one of two ways and it goes the opposite way that we all, you know, want and wish, you know, it's it's hard to I mean literally it's hard historically to see this team and this ownership group not making a change. Now, I hate that question too. You know, I get that a lot around this time of year around August like, well, what is does Mike McCarthy have to reach the NFC Championship game or else he's going to be fired? there's a lot of necessary context, right? Like, do they lose in the divisional round on a last second field goal? Do they lose on like a, a ticky tack call, right? Like, do they make it there because of a ticky tack call, right? Like there's some necessary context. So I hate answering something like that, but I do think it's fair to say that this, this does feel heavy, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it feels light in, in that the Cowboys have done really well this offseason, but it feels really heavy in that that shadow is always looming. Um, and I'm sure it looms a little bit larger uh, if you're somebody like Mike McCarthy. But on the other hand, again, you know, the, the other way, the positive way of this, if, if you see this going one of two ways, like I do, so to speak, They've won 12 games in back-to-back years for the first time since 2006 and 2007. And if we go back to that time, actually, um, that 2008 team is one of the best Cowboys teams to to not win the Super Bowl, to not you know accomplish anything. They didn't even make the playoffs. Um, that's something that a uh, great friend of mine, Bobby Belt from 105 to the Fan and NFL Network, he and I have talked about that a lot, both on air and off air. That 2008 team was loaded. I was convinced that that team was gonna you know make some serious noise and kind of avenge what happened in 2007. And I guess that's the the negative way I could see this going. That team was just so broken, and and, and Tony Romo got hurt, and Felix Jones got hurt, and hurt, and Matt McBriar got hurt, and like and all these things just kind of happened. And then 44 six happened and it was just this flat ending to this really 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 frustrating season um so yeah are you the 2018 that, that can't take it a third year in a row or are you the you know the more apt comparison i suppose would be the 1993 team right because in 91 they won 11 games obviously uh lost the playoff game the 92 broke through you know 93 like can you sustain this or do you fall back do you regress etc cetera, etc cetera. those are are it's a bit of a dramatic way to put this, but they're either going to you know, really surprise us and, and be a successful team again, which is really uncommon for this franchise you know, in, in the modern day, or they're going to be the, the team that we don't want them to be in regress and fall back. And you know, I mentioned 2008, but even 2017, 2019, kind of that way, you know, 2017 had the Zeke suspension that was kind of hovering over the team all season long. But if you look at that 2019 season, they just really couldn't put it together. And that's obviously what led to Jason Garrett's dismissal was, you know, they, they just couldn't hold. And, and can you be that team? Can you hold? Can you not fall apart? And so I'm, I'm really interested to watch that. Uh, my thing, my takeaway, my point, my thought, whatever, number two. Um, and again, I have these written down. It still does not make sense. The Tech Prescott is the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL. Starting quarterback, if that's not clear. And by that, I mean, uh, if you don't know this, this became true when the Green Bay Packers traded Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. No current starting quarterback in the NFL has been the starting quarterback for their respective team longer than Dak Prescott has. 
that is insane to me. I, I, I know that to be true, and I've known that for some time, but it, it, it breaks my brain in a lot of ways. And the quarterbacks that come closest to him also break my brain in a similar way. Kirk Cousins is there with Minnesota. Uh, I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes is there, obviously, with Kansas City. It's been five years now uh, for him. He was right after Dak. You, you could look, Josh Allen's kind of right there in Buffalo, right? Like, it's, it's sort of a young man's game, a quarterback. The Dak Prescott, who was drafted seven years ago, was the, you know, you, you see things like this a lot, and if you are a bit younger, maybe this doesn't hit you as hard, but we're a long ways removed from, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, to a degree, Tony Romo, Phillip Rivers, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just, like, so, these things were so common for so long. Like, they, they just were so non-moving, um, and so it is a bit startling to me, and time flies really fast. I mean, like, if you think about, you know, think about, I mentioned Tony Romo, think about his seventh year, and it depends how you define um years because tony romo obviously joined the cowboys in 2003 i always look at 2006 as kind of the beginning point for this um but i mean obviously that was not his rookie season in the nfl but that being said 2006 obviously first year 2007 2008 2009 2010 2011 2012 that is seven years that means tony romo's eighth season in the nfl which is what dak prescott is about to enter was 2013 which, by the way, was his fourth year, so to speak, working with Jason Garrett, if you count the interim year for Garrett in 2010. I don't. And if you think about it, there were only two more seasons that Tony Romo was the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, he was a part of the team in 2016, but didn't start a single game because of Dak Prescott. Um, that's just crazy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't really have a hard uh, kind of opinion or take or whatever on this. I just cannot believe it. Um, and again, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is not in the NFL. He's just on a different team. Um, it's not like Russell Wilson is not in the NFL. He's just on a different team. So these players and these quarterbacks have been around longer than Dak Prescott, obviously. Uh, but still, I mean, even then, even if you, you, you know, uh, move the goalposts a little bit and you're talking about just longest tenured starting quarterbacks in the NFL, players that have been in the NFL for a very long time. Uh, let's see here as I look at my helmets. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously been uh, around longer than Dak. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, obviously. Uh, Derek Carr, 2014 draft class. And I'm missing oh, Matthew Stafford. And um, there's one more, one more, one more. Um, Geno Smith. That's the other one. I knew there was another. I mean, it's just kind of crazy that, that things can move that quickly. That's really my, my only takeaway. Um, number three, my last takeaway, thought, point, opinion, whatever. Um, and this is literally what I have written down. I do not know how I feel about the team being the Cowboys, the team's biggest problem being a universally agreed upon thing. Um, this is a really good team. This is a really, really, really good team. This is a really good roster. This team could win the Super Bowl. They really could. Like, that's not being silly. That's not being dramatic. That's not just like, oh, typical Cowboys fan. Like, no, they literally could win the Super Bowl. Like, that is well within the range of possibility for them. Um, and if I you know, assembled a group of 100 or 500 or 1,000 or a million Cowboys fans, and I polled them and I said, what do you think is this team's biggest weakness? I think we would reach a pretty strong consensus. And I think that people would say it's it's the, I wouldn't even say it's the offensive line, but it's, it's the assimilation, it's the assembly of the offensive line, it's the positioning of the offensive line. Um, like that is so agreed. And it's really not even a problem, right? Like, it, like we've said this before, um, and some of this depends on, on Terrence Steele and his health, but right now we can, we can put together a starting offensive line for the Cowboys, right? Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Zach, Terrence, right? Like, so 
a lot of this just depends on like what the Cowboys want to do. And some of that is really how much are they bluffing? Like how much are they just messing with us, you know, right now to where they're like, well, we're going to try Josh Ball and Matt Willetsko and, you know, Chuma Doga and Austin Richards and, you know, Matt Farniog at left guard. We're just going to kind of keep trying this around. And, and every time there's a new name or a new configuration or a new whatever, you know, people freak out because we're so not used to this. We're so not used to instability, to unknown, to unpredictability along the offensive line that we just don't know how to process it. Um, but I do so, – so getting away, we've had the conversation a million times. I'm not talking about the offensive line problem. I'm talking about the fact that, again, we all agree. That's weird, right? Like, you know, we're, we're, I think this time a year ago, if I had asked the same, you know, 100, 1,000, a million people said, what's the biggest problem with the Cowboys roster? Some people would have said, well, they don't have Amari Cooper. They don't have a wide receiver. Some people would have said, well, they don't have another pass rusher because, you know, Randy Gregory's gone. Some people would have said they don't have a right tackle plan. They don't have a swing tackle plan. Right? Like The answers were all over the place. But no, like the eye of the storm is in the same place here. It is It is agreed. And again, the, the problem itself can be discussed and, and analyzed and picked apart or whatever all we want. But the fact that so many people agree is what is strange to me. I mean, it is a that, that's it's just it's confounding. I don't know how to feel about it. It it both is like a really positive thing in my mind that like the roster is pretty strong and, and, and held together all over the place. And, and so it's really easy to identify where they're weak. Um, but it's also concerning to me that like we can all identify this, <laughs> but but then I talk myself into like, well, are they bluffing? Are they just messing with us? Are they just kind of keeping their cards, you know, close to the vest and they don't want to tell us what the plan is, like whatever the case may be. So it is a really unsettling feeling, I think, um, to to feel this way. I, I, I don't, you know, like I said, these are just, these are thoughts that I've had on the treadmill. That's really the, the best way, I think, to kind of uh, list them and lay them out. Uh, I would love to hear what your thoughts are, what are kind of keeping you uh, awake at night, I guess, however you want to put it. Um, as it relates to the Cowboys, this is the time of year for that, for that fun discussion. Um, and, and this is ultimately fun. And again, the biggest problem, I do want to reiterate that, that I can find with the Cowboys isn't even really technically a problem, but that level of confidence freaks me out because I'm a Cowboys fan, right? Like I'm not used to this. I'm not used to stability and peace and, you know, proper football right like I'm I'm used to the like that's why my first point was it can go one of two ways like I'm always ready for the 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 bottom door to come out or what is the, the door to bottom out like I'm always ready for that as a Cowboys fan because it has happened to me over and over and over and over and over again I and we metaphorically all of us Dallas Cowboys fans we are Charlie Brown Lucy has the ball something is going to happen but we just cannot stop ourselves from lining up like Brett Maher or Greg Zerline or Robbie Gold or whoever you want it to be we are going to try this um and, and maybe it works out maybe it does or maybe it doesn't and you know what if it doesn't we're well equipped we know how to compartmentalize that because we have been there and we have done it before um, I mentioned it. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the Blog of the Boys podcast network. We're um, seeing all sorts of great numbers, and we're really excited, obviously, for the season to get here. We are available on Apple devices, on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. You get access to all of our wonderful shows. We have two different shows that come out every single day. We also have a Saturday show in the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, and we have a Sunday show with me, uh, which you can maybe enjoy if you are a Spanish speaker. It's not the Ocho, it's El Ocho, um, and I kind of have this same sort of um, 
blabbering uh, just in Spanish, although uh, because I'm still learning the language, it is uh, a bit rough around the edges sometimes. But uh, thank you for those of you who have uh, provided me with some um, some kind words and some uh, some hopeful words for the future. Uh, so please subscribe. Please have a great day. Um, whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope it's the best day ever. I hope you have the greatest day of all time. I'm talking the absolute best day that you have ever had. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.